He said he wouldn't gift his one-year-old daughter Bitcoin, opting instead for treasury bonds. I wouldn't gift my one-year-old daughter either of those things. This is like a weird statement. Yeah, Jesus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Crypto Basic Podcast. My name is Kareem. I am happy to be back, everybody. And I'm here with my co-hosts, Brent Philbin. What's up, everybody? Who has uh, an echoey <laughs> mic, and he's shy about yeah, sorry. it. Okay. And, of course, Adam Levy. How you doing, Brent? Hey, what's up? Doing fantastic. And as a reminder, our Friday flagship is that episode where we cover news events in the world of cryptocurrency for the week. We talk about economics. We don't often get into politics, but sometimes. Um, And usually (laughs) we like to kick things off with, of course, our rapid fire section. These are headlines that caught our eye, but maybe we're not necessarily going to go dive deep into them. And Adam. Before we go, I gotta I gotta mention on the last episode, Adam denounced Justin Sun with a vehement, obsessive quality, and what? the basic bitches have accepted the resignation. Like in the Discord, they actually gave us the directive to let Adam resign his Tron fanboyism. Hmm. So, I'm so thankful. I'm just I, I can sleep at night now. I we appreciate I appreciate you the the you know the CBBs out there in Discord. We appreciate I appreciate it. Man, the freaking audience always coming to the rescue. What else is new? <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. The audience has spoken. We are decentralized. Also, uh, I wanted to give before we start on rapid fire. I did want to give a shout out to uh, my friend Ryan uh, Boy Boy. Boyahan, Boyajan, yeah, there you go. That's how you say wow, that. Oh, good Ryan. friend. You know his name very well. It's hard to pronounce the last name, but he actually organically started listening to our podcast, and he's been like firing through. Like he says, he's like like a bunch of them. I think he just reached the Adam Levy uh, effect, where you know, <laughs> and uh, he he says he just really likes it, and he, nice. he says we have great banter. And I mean, I know. It's just so I feel like it's nice when you have like a friend who organically started listening. You didn't say, "Hey, listen to this now, now, now." You just kind of listen. He's like, "Oh, this is actually great." Yeah, that's I pretty agree. Cool. That's a good feeling. Shout out to our fantastic friend, who's Adam can't pronounce his last name, but let's get that first name again. Boyajan. Boyajan. You're the there man, we bro. go. We got it. <laughs> All right. All right. So Bitcoin ATMs are becoming a booming business. Uh, well, I, I guess they've always kind of been. Have you ever seen a Bitcoin ATM in real life? They charge twenty, like some absurd rate to just buy a Bitcoin. Um, but only, only here. here, yeah, oh yeah, you're right. Apparently in uh, Greece, it's 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 a lot cheaper. But so this company CoinSource, which is based out of Texas, maybe you should hit them up, Brent. They've been around since 2015, and it took them four years to have 300 machines, and now they, in two months they have over 600. And uh, yeah, so there's another wow. company, Bitcoin Depot, that also has five, just got to 500. So now they're in like this little, you know, competition. But the, the thing with uh, Coin Sources, they're a platform as a service, similar to like a software as a service. 
And they're kind of so instead of having to deal with all the compliance issues, they kind of get around it a little bit. Uh, we don't necessarily need to go into like how, but yeah, so it's been a lot easier to onboard businesses into using Bitcoin ATMs. And also there are 6,780 Bitcoin ATMs in in the entire world. 6,000? Yeah, that's what it's, uh, yeah, pretty cool. I know there's one in an Austin poker room here. The the guy, I made a Bitcoin joke to the owner and he was like, yeah, we have hey a man, ATM out front. If you want, so if, you're, right if you're stuck 4K in a cash game and you're out of money, you can buy some Bitcoin. That's perfect. Or you can yeah. sell a Bitcoin and get back That's in. what I meant. So also now we're moving to the Minnesota Federal Reserve. Oh, man. Shout out. I don't think we've ever discussed Minnesota. Minnesota. So the president of it, Neil Kashkari, called cryptos a giant garbage dumpster. He didn't call (laughs) it a dumpster fire. Maybe there's a differentiation. Wow. Um, But yeah, so he said... I guess at a speech during like the Montana Eco 2020 event in Montana, I guess that's how it works in Minnesota. You like in they're all like kind of in that. Like I don't really know much about that world of like Minnesota, Montana, Wyoming, or like North Dakota and stuff. Well, don't don't be lumping our listener that's, from Wyoming in with this. That's very true. Fire idiot. But so, he said he wouldn't gift his one year old daughter Bitcoin, opting instead for Treasury bonds. I wouldn't gift my one-year-old daughter either of those things. This is like a weird statement. Yeah, Jesus. Um, <laughs> I mean, I was going to give some love to Minnesota because there is going to be a new Mighty Ducks TV series starring Emilio Estevez, which I was really excited about. But now I might just our have cultural correspondent in chief has spoken. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he basically was just like, we like dollars. We don't like cryptos. There's a lot of scams. There's a lot. There's a thou- thousands of these garbage coins out there. And uh, people have been fleeced. And it just seems like a very, you know. So, yeah, it just seems like a very uneducated statement by uh, the Minnesota Federal Reserve president. And, uh, yeah, that's about it for this pretty kind of ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. Uneducated is the key here because most of the time when you hear people talk about Bitcoin and the scam or dumpster fire territory, they tend to be uneducated about it. They didn't bother taking the time to learn what it was. They just saw everything around it and go, nah, it's a scam. And very few people can speak about it in a, an educated manner and still say, this is bad. It's a scam or anything like that. They might have some negative things to say overall, but you'll get past that stupid whatever sentiment. And then then there's also motivated reasoning, right? Like there nothing, (laughs) there's nothing like getting uh, paid to have a certain thought. So I'm not saying that this person's paid to have that thought. Maybe that's an exaggeration, but if you represent an institution that is at odds with something, you're not the best uh, qualified person to, to describe, uh, you know, regardless of your knowledge of it. So like, we're never going to really expect the head of a major bank, the head of the federal reserve, or, uh, you know, something along those lines, they're just not going to say their interests are not aligned necessarily to prop this industry up. Yeah. And, and to just piggyback on what Brent was saying, I feel like I d- can't necessarily articulate uh, 
you know, as maybe as well as maybe I can process information, if it makes sense. Like I, I was able to recognize very quickly that Bitcoin and and uh, Ethereum were just like, this is like a game changer once like people started explaining it to me. So it, it's very clear that this guy just like doesn't know much about it. And just, yeah, it's it's just like move like I don't. Yeah, you're right. Like, I don't know who's who's in his pockets or whatever. But I mean, come on, Minnesota. This is a little bit of an adjacent thought that I just had, even though it's not really related to Minnesota. But I was watching since we just called me the pop culture correspondent um, because I have Disney Plus uh, (laughs) getting Hulu was really easy. I never thought I would subscribe to Hulu. Right. But the Handmaid's Tale, a Handmaid's Tale or the Handmaid's Tale seems to be amazing television. It's like this uh, it's set in this like dystopian future where most women can't give birth anymore. So they kind of commoditize the few women that can have babies. And one of the first things that they did to um, start controlling the women's population was they passed a law that women could not have money anymore. And, and all their money was immediately taken out of their accounts and put into their husband's accounts. And guess what they can't do if you have cryptocurrency? Mm-hmm. Uh, take the money from your accounts? Yeah, it turns out. They can't, I mean, they can try. They can't, as as use, uh, they can't use Bitcoin ATMs. It's unfortunate. It's bad for business. It is uh, <laughs> anyway. Interesting show that I, I'm only like four episodes into, and based on the title, I never would have watched it until somebody gave me a really good description. I, I really of what like. It was. I think so, I think you'd like Future Man on Hulu. Uh, very underrated, and uh, it's kind of like this guy, this kid's just playing a video game, and all of a sudden, these people come from the future after he beats the game, and they're like, "You're our savior," and he, but it's present day, and he's just like some janitor. You know, at a, a, like, and then like he has to, he has to save their world <laughs> in the future, and it just becomes. It's actually, uh, I think Seth Rogen actually produced it, or he's involved in it in some way. So I'd give that a shot if you like that. But this isn't the plug Hulu podcast. I think Tom Brady already does a good job of that. Yeah, and he that's why he led with Disney Plus, of course. <laughs> yeah, but. So virtual reality, which I mean, maybe that's uh, that actually does have a tie into Disney Plus or, or Hulu. I don't, I don't, you know, maybe there's an app for. It wasn't uh, my intent yeah. at the time when I when I added it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so blockchain is no longer the most desirable job in the tech industry, according to a report by the job site Ooh. hired. Before kind of even a job site I've never heard about, by the way. I mean, it's a simple job site. I would, I would think that it's like a good job site if it's called Hired. It's a, it's a, yeah, yeah, probably. Oh, it's Hired.co.uk. Oh, it's a UK website. But I mean, it's still a reference point. It's just, it's just saying that, like, yeah. last year, according to this site, blockchain development was blowing up, and now it's AR VR stuff. Uh, yeah, but I, I do think that. If 2020 continues to be positive for uh, blockchain, that blockchain will beat out ev- everything else next year. I think just when you hit the the lows of 2018 and you know some of 2019, there's clearly going to be less money, so there's going to be less jobs. Yeah, I mean, interesting. So this said that last year they grew 500 uh, percent cryptocurrency development jobs, blockchain development. And this year it grew nine percent, and VR two thousand eighteen five hundred percent. Right, 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 right. 
but VR is growing at 1400%. And the part that I thought was interesting is they said, it, you know, you think VR and we immediately think, oh, Xbox, PlayStation, movies. Uh, but they're saying like, no, also like furniture companies that are thinking about how to present their designs and beauty design companies and fashion industry and a lot of industries if the want to get access to VR and AR technology, and uh, that's going to be pretty hot too, you know. Why would a company like Sephora want to be involved? I don't like. Do did they? I mean, I mean, I could think of all kinds of reasons. Imagine if you have a good program that can help you render. I don't know the the color, certain colors on your skin tone, or uh, you know, whatever makeup or clothing. Or I, I don't know exactly what they're looking into. Maybe it's just an experience. Maybe it's advertisement. But I, I bet you that, I mean, let's be real. I, I feel like you could, like, a virtual reality and augmented reality are, oh, yeah, I, I yeah, think, yeah. A, bigger, a bigger deal, like, more encompassing than necessarily yeah. blockchain. Well, I actually think that AR is far more usable in day-to-day life for businesses and stuff for now. Because VR still, I think, you know, you wear the headset, it's kind of heavy on your neck. The, you know, there, I don't know, that, that's my, uh, that's what I don't like about it. But AR is honestly used in just about everything. You watch an NBA game, they're using AR to show the shot clock on the basketball court. Oh, that's cool. Like it, it's just like in like a, the circle or whatever where like the free throw line would be, but it just should, counts down there. So there's a lot of things that are like a- AR might actually be more directly beneficial for businesses. So that makes sense. I forgot about AR. AR yeah, is yeah. And I think it's just lumping them together and stuff. And yeah, just all kinds of ideas. You know, if you're an architecture firm and instead of just creating like a little design, you can immerse somebody in the world of your building or whatever. I mean, it's travel. I don't know. Everything, everything. So that said though, before we move on, blockchain developers are still making the top dollar, which is 162 K a year in 2020. Yeah. That's the average for a blockchain developer. Yeah. Nice. So I found this the other day. It's called smartvoting.net, and it's a blockchain powered e-voting platform. And obviously, this is not really ready to go, but I can just you send that link to the governor of Iowa, please? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Actually, there was a an ICO three years ago that came out that I don't even remember the name, but it was like my, my friend was pretty vigilant about, you know, what like, like, like about doing your own research and this and that. And there, it was a voting platform and it was just pure scam. And that was like the only one where or people, like there were, maybe there are a couple of others, but that was the only one that was like, yeah, that there was never any product. They were like asking for like a hundred K uh, like a hundred K. I mean, no, it was more than a hundred K ETH, but it was, it was a lot. And, uh, but so it's good to see that this is kind of popping up. It just seems like, uh, so it says it's, it's just, transparent no stress secure kind of how it would be it would be amazing if iowa had it and i just look forward to seeing it kind of move forward you can you can test smart voting actually and i mean that's where it reaches it's above my pay grade where it just says like it's using ardor 
Do you know the coin Ardor? A R A R D O R. I remember it existing. Uh, I haven't heard that name in a long time, though. Yeah. So I guess you know, I'm I'm not really sure like how all of that works within it, but I just thought it was cool that this popped up, and it seems like at some point uh, this could be used in uh, certain government races. Yeah, I mean, blockchain voting security, we definitely talked about that before, and it would be great, you know. I remember watching a lot of, um, I don't know, some smart people online talking about why electronic voting was never going to be a good idea, and all of the things that, like, could complicate it and make it easier to cheat. But I do, you know, you have to believe that the proper blockchain implementation of voting would fix it, but, you know, it would have to be a lot of thought put into it, but this is definitely an area I can't wait because I'm I'm actually positive that there's been all kinds of election fraud going on everywhere. So I guess Ardor, you can it has voting capabilities, and uh, you can actually set up four different uh, set up a voting session in four different methods: email, CSV, which I, I guess that's Excel and all those, and then Ardor digital ID method, and then you can just go uh, like an analog. So I don't know. I kind of want to look more into what Ardor is about now. Hmm. And Brent, how are you doing over there? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm still a little bit worried about. <laughs> you know, I don't want to. I don't want to pollute the airways too much with my crappy mic over here. Fair enough. And uh, now to round out this incredibly long uh, rapid fire, the DeFi movement. And for those the listeners who do not know what D E capital F capital D capital E capital F or sorry blowing it I just can't do it capital it's decentralized D finance lowercase E capital F lowercase I I know but I mean you know just wanted the listeners who might be out there you know the to the ba- the basic bitches to maybe you know have a clear it. instruction of the capitalization structure of that. Which I can barely do anyways. Now that everybody knows, though, which of the letters are capital, please continue. (laughs) Okay. So this is, yeah, it's decentralized finance. And we recently reached the $1 billion milestone of funds that are locked up in it. And I think that's pretty amazing. This is absolutely a great sign for Ethereum. Uh, This is like coins like uh, Maker and... There's been so many others that kind of blanking on right now. Uh, if you guys, I like Lend, I think is one, um, and Nexo, and a few others. Yeah, I forget the the name of the of the big one um, that came out. I even thought about buying some at the time, but yeah, no, no, Baker is the biggest. I think. That's right. Yeah, I mean. and uh, I guess Bancor is lumped in there. There's there's some things called. I'm looking at Uniswap, Synthetics. Compound and uh, Maker still has sixty percent dominance of this space. Mm. So that's you know almost six hundred million dollars is locked up in Maker, which is cool. And a lot of this DeFi stuff is creating like the stable coins. So you're you've got a billion dollars locked up here that's creating a copy of the U.S. dollar that you do not have to worry about whether it's actually a copy of the U.S. dollar or not. This is so much better than something like a Tether, and it's just the scratching the surface of what blockchain can do. Yeah. 
and it's not something I would have thought that we would be talking about on blockchain. I I think that Tether is the natural like step one. Okay, let's clone the the U.S. dollar and put it on blockchain. And this step two, creating a decentralized smart derivatives contract, is really really smart. Yeah, I think this is like a great some something that I could have never expected would be a use for Ethereum a few years ago, three four years ago. And uh, yeah, I guess that's it for. Oh, actually, no, we got one late addition to the rapid fire. So the Trump admin is releasing new FinCEN requirements for crypto. And uh, Steve, Stephen Munchen expects Munchen? Munchen. Munchen. Munchen, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't understand that last name. There's an M and an We're not good on, last name on this yeah. show. Yeah, so. last names aren't our thing. But so yeah, they're they're gonna roll out some new, significant new requirements at FinCEN regarding uh, cryptocurrencies. They he said they want to make sure that cryptocurrencies aren't used for the equivalent of old Swiss secret number bank accounts. And uh, he also kind of chatted about stablecoins in a positive light. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what they come up with and what their uh, requirements are. And yeah, that's kind of it. I'm sure they would hate it if there was an alternative to old Swiss bank accounts. <laughs> that's very true. And now, so, Brett, uh, did you want to? Uh, you know talk? what? Yeah, I'll take. I'll take this one. I'll take this one. Andrew Yang has folded on the presidential race. I, this happened a couple of months ago. This was he was nominated for a crypty probably his most important accomplishment but he was also running for president of the united states and he was running as kind of like an entrepreneur and he brought universal basic income to the table but most importantly he was the only candidate that understood cryptocurrency in any way and he was talking about voting on blockchain he was talking about why we need to be embracing blockchain technology all that stuff so he was the very crypto adjacent candidate he was my favorite candidate who he was who i was going to vote for but in the primaries, but he's gone. So some mad respect to Andrew Yang because he saw that he wasn't going to win. And rather than continue to waste everybody's money, he was like, Oh, nope, I'm out. I'm good. Hopefully he impressed somebody enough to get in the cabinet or something like that. I would love to have him involved in some way. I mean, if you were to look at this as a social media campaign, I would say that this was a successful campaign to make his, product aka his presidential race known uh and i'm curious what it'll be like in 2024 yeah no i I think any i think it goes a little bit deeper than that you know like some of the more establishment candidates yeah they're all about branding and getting their name out there but he represents i think a new generation and, and a new spectrum of politics that is like he could be the beginning of a movement you know like Bernie Sanders on the left is a movement and Trump in a lot of ways on the right is a movement. And I think Andrew Yang is a really interesting mixture of libertarian and more, let's say, uh, socialist concepts. And uh, universal basic income was like unfathomable in the United States. And he got uh, people talking about it. Um, But like, dude, building building coalitions and building movements and getting ideas out there is difficult. And Yang came out like really late. You know, so I, I actually think he managed to do a lot with the time that he was given. And uh, I agree that I hope he sticks around. And I think that's a name that 
could become a bigger name if he shepherds that movement in some kind of direction. Whether that takes running, that means running in the Democratic Party again, or running for local office, or becoming, uh, you know, just a, talking about UBI across the world, or even starting a different political party that has right and left elements. Who knows? Who knows? It's got potential, I think. I had a, a tweet go viral. I don't know if it's because I tagged Andrew Yang in it, but like it went ballistic. And one of the things that I said was hashtag Yang 2028. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, no, you're getting it wrong. 2024. I'm like, no. I'm really hoping that uh, he's in some sort of cabinet position or something like that under whatever president gets it, and he can't run until 2028. So that's... <laughs> yeah. Wow, that is... Yeah, you have 1.2K uh, likes on this tweet, Brent. You're crushing. That's almost as many followers as I have, so that's, that's pretty big. Brent, Brent wrote the Yang Gang wave into social media fame. Wow. Way to go, Brent. Maybe now we have more clout in getting him on the podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's coming on the podcast shortly. You know, you start you start with Rogan, then maybe you go on like uh, Tim Ferriss' show, and then you come to ours. So I'm pretty sure we're we're up pretty shortly. Oh, wow. I mean, hear from him soon. Based on that pattern, I feel like there's a lot of guests that we're missing. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, we can't accept everybody. All right. All right. <laughs> Uh, Anyway, I agree with you. Kudos to Andrew Yang. And this next story, I I think Brent's going to love it a little bit. Brent, did you know that Brave is kind of like in the investigative journalism space, sort of? I mean, I'm all about that. I I love I love Brave. I love their everything they're doing. So I want to know what they're investigating. Super cool. Well, really, this was just a report that they released. And I guess since they have browsers, they can do that or since they are a browser. And they released a report recently that was called Surveillance on UK Council Websites. And essentially what Brave found was that these government, local government websites, they're called UK Council and stuff like that. So this is where somebody would go to apply for, for example, their benefits or food stamps, or maybe they have psychiatric problems or they have probation. So these are the kind of sites, you know, like a .gov, DMV style kind of thing. And they are all of these private companies are tracking the activity that's happening on there, unbeknownst to the people that are going to these government social websites. So essentially, they're surveilling UK citizens when they're seeking help for addiction, for disability, or because they're poor. And none of the data that's being collected on has received received explicit consent. So the people going, it's not like Google that you're like, okay, I know Google gets to track me. No, they're not telling people that. And here are some of the quick facts. Nearly all of the councils in the UK permitted at least one private company to learn about the behavior of people that were visiting the site. Google specifically owns all five of the top embedded elements, which means that basically Google can see everything that everybody in the UK is doing in a council website, essentially. Um, Over one quarter of the UK's population uh, has a council that embedded Twitter or Facebook, which did allow, does allow Twitter and Facebook to see what those users are doing on those websites. So just because you have, like Facebook can see that you're seeking help for addiction, right? That's insane. That's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. And uh, here's a kicker. And I'll remind you that England had their own version of Trump also, which is Brexit, Right. 
and 7 million people were served by a council that had specifically on their websites a broker, a data broker called LiveRamp. And LiveRamp is essentially they collect data and they sell it to companies. LiveRamp was a part of Axiom Group, which sold data to Cambridge Analytica. So oh. Cambridge Analytica. Oh, we've come full circle. Oh, there we go. God. But it's kind of also a reminder not to be like, hey, we got to the villain Cambridge Analytica, right? Cambridge Analytica is one of the villains that we truly exposed and we got to see what they were doing. But let's be real. This is widespread. You know, everybody talks about how freaky it is sometimes that it feels like they're listening to our conversations, that they know what we, you know, oh, I never searched for this thing and I got uh, recommended this product. Well, this is another example. You're using the Internet and you're not even on the site. And maybe you actually did use something that kept you from being tracked on your computer. Well, it doesn't matter because your local governmental authority already sold access to your data without telling you about it. So anyway, the privacy requirements are even higher in the UK uh, than they are here with GDPR. Although I guess technically they might not have to abide by that anymore, but they definitely did when this when this example happened. So I don't know. It goes to show you that that doesn't really matter. And you've got to take matters into your own hands for your own protection. VPNs are not there for people who are doing shady drug deals and stuff. VPNs should be used by everybody and for Netflix. The- <laughs> and one of the really sad things, guys, and one of the points that Brave made in this report, which makes me like them even more, by the way, but they were like part of the reason they're releasing the report was to put pressure on essentially there are laws that are being broken here and it's already been brought to the attention of the people that can do something about it. Let's say they Britain's equivalent of like the FCC is also ran by apparently an Pi type of individual who has no interest in reining in anybody. So they're releasing this report basically saying, hey, laws are being broken here, data is being sold, do something. We already told you. So now they're making it like more public or something. Um, state of the world, guys, unfortunately. Mm, yeah. Privacy, what's that? <laughs> oh, well, it's a thing our ancestors used to have. Uh, before computers so anyway that's it brave sounds pretty good to me right now uh brent i thought you would appreciate that story and uh i think one of you guys wants to talk about taxes here oh yeah love taxes uh so this is actually not really about taxes i mean it is but uh we're gonna take a quick little turn so you know how uh there's that question one on the 2019 1040 form where at any time during 2019, did you receive, sell, send, exchange, or otherwise acquire any financial interest in any virtual currency? Question mark. So now I ask you, when you think of virtual currency, what is virtual currency, gentlemen? Probably any crypto. Ooh, interesting. So I would have, I would have immediately thought crypto, but now I'm thinking like magic online tickets or Gil from what's it, World of Warcraft or is that gold? I don't know. I don't play those. But any of that stuff, I guess Gil was uh, EverQuest. Can anyway, you trade it outside uh, of the game world, uh, Brent? Not really, but you can. Like you can, people buy that stuff on eBay all the time. Right. Okay. But there's no markets where you can go sell your wild gold. No, no, no. Right. But there's markets where you go sell Bitcoin. And I'll tell you what it's going for. Or so, you know, I think that right, that's right. a digital currency. So, yeah, Brent, you're spot on. 
So basically, there you go. Uh, in in like some what is virtual currency? Like it actually. Oh wow, they changed it. Wow, that's crazy. So the other day, it actually said that it like they mentioned Bitcoin, Ether, Roblox, and V Bucks. And uh, I don't really know much about Roblox. I know that's like a game for kids or something. But V Bucks is for Fortnite. Yeah, that's and, Fortnite. Uh, Roblox is, yeah, it's a similar to like Minecraft style game. Yeah. So they said virtual currency that has an equivalent value in real currency or that acts as a substitute for real currency is referred to as convertible virtual currency. And then it references those four, Bitcoin, Ether, Roblox, and, and V-Bucks. And that's like... You're just, uh, you know, you're ninja playing Fortnite and you spend all this money on that. And then all of a sudden you just got to somehow declare these V-Bucks to the IRS. <laughs> what? But I just looked at the this, that pay, that is probably four or five days old, that tweet. And I just looked and they actually changed the wording on the IRS website since then. And now it doesn't reference Anything about like V blocks, V bucks, or whatever. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe that it's maybe they played it how ridiculous it, it was. <laughs> yeah, I, it's insane that they're actually referring like that. Kind of doesn't seem like real life where you got Bitcoin and Ether being referenced mm-hmm. in the same sentence as a, as Fortnite by the IRS. <laughs> hey. Fortnite is a great thing for crypto. This is bullish, Adam. This is bullish. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess there was an article that came out the other day where they, yeah, like I said, they pulled language from its website that and that was referencing Fortnite and Roblox. And I, I guess it's not really relevant anymore. I'm sorry. I'm like kind of like scrolling through the article as I'm talking. So maybe if you guys want to chat for a little bit, I can get back to you on what the, the official ruling is. Uh, okay. Well, I can get us going on. <laughs> yeah, we can just go to the next story. And that's if fair. We, if we get up with an update, it's not the end of the world. Sounds <laughs> fair good. enough. Sounds but that good. was pretty, that was pretty much it. Uh, yeah. All right, guys, we're going to talk about Trump because not enough people on America are talking about Trump right now. Yeah. However, <laughs> I agree. Let's, let's, not, we need more politics on this show. Jesus. It's not a political rant. Here's the story. True story. New budget was released by Trump. Again, this is their, let's say, his desired budget. The real budget would have to be negotiated in Congress. But he is asking for the Secret Service to tackle the Bitcoin problem. So what is this really about? Well, specifically, the 2021 budget, he wants to increase the Treasury Department's control over the criminality revolving the world of cryptocurrency and other financial types of crimes. And the idea here would be to have the Secret Service aid the Treasury Department to stop terrorist financing, abuse of human rights, and specifically financial crimes. Now, just to remind everybody, I, I definitely don't think that Trump uh, is a friend of crypto in any way. And I don't even think that he has any strong ideas about crypto. When he's mentioned it, I, I put a tweet in here where you guys, he says, um, I am not a fan of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. You can't read this and not oh, do it in Trump. Uh, okay, fair enough. I am not a fan of Bitcoin and <laughs> other cryptocurrencies, which are not money and whose value is highly volatile. 
and based on thin air. You know it, I know it. Unregulated crypto assets can facilitate unlawful behavior, <laughs> including drug trade and other illegal activity. I put a couple of inside jokes in there for the, some of you. All right. So he's not a fan of Bitcoin, apparently. I. It seems like the kind of thing that didn't come directly from Trump, but that he's just kind of like repeating something somebody told him. However, this idea of having the Secret Service work with the Treasury Department is not necessarily stupid at all. And it's actually pretty historical and based on the roots of the Secret Service. So I wanted to share that little story with the class. It turns out, guys, that the Secret Service was actually created in 1865 because uh, Congress wanted to deal with the fact that so much money was counterfeit. Approximately a third of the money in circulation at this time period was counterfeit. And this was a big problem. So they set up a, uh, you know, they funded and created this, uh, let's say, task force or whatever, specifically to deal with that. And of course, they began over time with their abilities to investigate crimes, bank robberies, especially illegal gambling, things that involve money, but sometimes even murder. And then it was in um, literally while Lincoln was president on the night that he was uh, assassinated, the legislation to create the Secret Service was on his desk. Okay, and a few years oh, later, oh, oh. right? I did not know that. That's ironic. Right, but again, at the time, the Secret Service was not designed to protect presidents. So Lincoln was assassinated. Now, in 1901, uh, so approximately 40 years later, uh, McKinley got assassinated. President William McKinley, and it was at that point that Congress asked the Secret Service to. Uh, start providing protection for the president. And then in 1902, that became full-time protection. And then, you know, that slowly expanded to like ex-presidents or people running for office based on different kinds of attempts. So the first counterintelligence agency was not really created until the FBI in 1908. So then the Secret Service also played some role in counterintelligence. And it was actually not until 2003, during our lifetimes, that it was transferred away from the Treasury and into the Department of Homeland Security, which was created after the September 11th attacks. So essentially what Trump is saying here, or maybe the way they organize the budget or whatever, is putting the Secret Service back under maybe cooperation or directly under the Treasury Department. I'm not sure exactly although I'm sure they'll continue to fulfill their role protecting important political figures. That's pretty funny. Like Secret Service, yeah, take care of Bitcoin. We're, I'm sick of it. <laughs> Get those terrorists out of there. I'm going to take this money from the CDC in the middle of a pandemic, and I'm going to give it to you to go investigate cryptocurrency. Yeah. And, and by the way, you did mention, uh, you were talking about Mnuchin. This is, he's the head of the Treasury Department. And they did announce that they were going to implement new rules to increase transparency for cryptocurrency. Now, of course, never, ever, ever is the government talking about increased transparency for itself. So <laughs> this is going to be the Treasury Department implementing some kind of rule, which is probably going to, you know, make it more clear, like all companies or whatever are going to have to report more money or seeing where money stashed, but they say that their main goal is to make sure that cryptocurrency accounts don't become secret bank accounts, like you said, uh, Adam. Well, 
I mean, all right, Trump. Oh, I saw a report actually that was saying that normal fiat is actually way easier to use for illegal. Oh yeah. You know, and yeah, of course it is. You don't have to teach somebody how crypto works. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. And not only that, it's also not like when you get the big pile of money for your illegal activity, there are not hundreds of thousands of computers around the world that (laughs) copied the transaction and recorded it for safekeeping. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) <laughs> people literally have gotten caught years later because every single transaction in Bitcoin is there. So they people were able to follow the, you know, follow it all the way to the source and triangulate and see who's really, I mean, come on. It's, of course, of course, having a ledger <laughs> makes it harder to obfuscate than piles of paper in our pockets. Just saying. All right. Yeah. This next story is the one that I'm most excited about here. Well, you so, should so be I excited. Just, I, I did just want to... Uh, just circle back to the 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 Fortnite V Bucks thing. So I guess Epic Games, who you know is uh, Fortnite, the developers of Fortnite, mm-hmm. they actually did contact. I assume that they. I'm sorry. There's a spokesperson that said V Bucks shouldn't fit the definition of virtual currency. You can't actually trade. You, you know, they're not. You can't be digitally traded between users. I mean. I guess by that definition, Magic Online tickets maybe could should be yeah, like you said that that would actually be more on point on the, the definition. Um, but apparently, Roblox you can allow certain users who are at least thirteen to cash out U.S. dollars if they have at least one hundred k Rob Robux in their account. So that that might be a little tougher for them. But I mean, yeah, I guess the definition is just, hey, can you trade this for real money? And uh, V bucks, you can't. So there you have it. All right. All right. Now, now yes. we know, and now we get to learn from Kareem, <laughs> his I investigations. Have, guys, this story took on a life of its own, and I have to be honest. Sometimes those are my favorite stories, you know, because we're looking around for, hey, what are we going to talk about on the podcast today? And, you know, you just try all kinds of things. You look at Reddit, you look at Google, you know, you look at news, whatever. So I found this story that I was originally going to include for its comedic aspect. It was uh, it's called the 10 most prominent figures in the cryptocurrency world. OK, and uh, I have to be honest, the list was pretty good. And the part that I thought was funny was that Charles Hoskinson wasn't on the list. So I was like, oh, this is great. I'll put it on. And then I'll kind of like make a joke about being mad that he's not on there. And people make fun of me for being a Cardano fanboy, like whatever. Right. And then it all planned out. Not at all. It was perfect. It was going to be like, oh, this is great. All right. So here's the list though, real quick. Why really in reality, I was not upset that Hoskinson wasn't on the list. And I was actually wanted to trigger the conversation and talk to you guys about it. But here's the list. This is on Entrepreneur Magazine, I, I want to say, right? And um, the list goes Satoshi Nakamoto. Okay, that's kind of funny, but whatever. Vitalik, Pavel Durov, the guy from Instagram. CZ, Brian Armstrong, the guy from Coinbase. Uh, Telegram, Telegram. Telegram, Telegram. Telegram, <laughs> <not> Instagram, <yeah. laughs> Telegram. Uh, Brian Armstrong from Coinbase. Brandon Chez from CoinMarketCap, the guy that made CoinMarketCap. Charlie Lee, okay. Alex Reinhardt. I didn't know him, David Marcus from PayPal, and Roger Ver. Well, those are pretty big names. So I was actually going to agree and say that, especially when you think about Cardano kind of being low-key, 
can't say that the most prominent, you know, but I was like, I really have never heard of this Alex Reinhardt guy, though. That's kind of weird, right? So I wanted to read his thing before I got into the story. And <laughs> this is where it goes. So it starts telling about how he went to Germany and he's an immigrant and that is dad and blah, 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 you know, kind of telling the story about this amazing kid. And then by the 11th grade, he started selling financial products to German pension funds and attracting investments and startups. All right. But this is where it gets really good. Listen to this description. This is on a top 10 list. So when you go to every person, it's just telling you like their life, right? Like Vitalik. Oh, da, da, da. and then he created Ethereum and he made it open source. All right. Listen to this part of the of this guy's summary. In 2015, he survived the betrayal of partners who had effectively bankrupted his business Huge debts and a necessity to pay bills became a call to action. So by using all of his experience and innate talent as a salesman, as well as his brilliant experience in crypto trading, Jesus Christ, Alex launched his most successful project to date, Platincoin. Platincoin is a global crypto system that includes more than 10 high-tech products and services. Okay. So I'm like, Jesus, what the fuck did I just read? What the fuck did I just read, right? I'm like, that sounded so – like, that sounded like it was straight from this guy's press release and not an actual article written by anybody. (laughs) But you know what? Here's the thing. We got to check our biases, guys. So just because I've never heard of Platincoin and just because I've never heard of this guy doesn't mean anything. I live in a bubble just like everybody else. So I went to go to Platincoin and learn about this man's project. The eighth most influential person in crypto, guys. I mean, he's he's in the same list as Satoshi. And it's his most successful project. And Vitalik, exactly. So imagine my lack of a surprise when I go to Platincoin and the homepage is just like a link to a YouTube video and a headline. You guys can do the drop down right there. Uh, I left a screenshot of the website for you. Platincoin is a passive income for anyone thanks to a revolutionary blockchain technology. <laughs> 30% per year, 10 years, and three-year refund guarantee. So you get 30% oh, a year for 10 years, guys. But if in the third year you're unhappy <laughs> with your accumulator, oh my God. they'll give you your money back. So I, of course, at that point, had to click on the YouTube video. So I went to go see their <laughs> five-minute promotional video. Oh. Fantastic. First of all, he's a Russian guy like this with the dubbed video. It's like clear the guy speaking another language, but they dub it. It almost sounded like they got his buddy who speaks a little bit of English. And I mean, it's absurd. It's clearly, I mean, by this point, any doubt that I had that this was a scam, it went from 99% to 100%, right? This is an actual quote from the YouTube video. If you watch it at some point, it's like five minutes long ago, heads up. But this is an actual quote towards the end of the video. Quote, Indeed, our product is so good and value so obvious that more than 89% of all that know even a little bit about cryptocurrency and hear about our product become our customers. (laughs) Over over 89% of anybody who knows even a little bit about crypto becomes our customer. What a great line. I wonder how they they collected that data. (laughs) So anyway... Now that oh my god, sorry. So I'm looking at the comments, 
And there's legitimately like like there's a like just all random Russian comments, and then there's one like the fifth one down where it says, "Thanks." One thing is clear for every person: there is a place in excellent earnings. Do not miss, gentlemen. Then the very next comment is the exact same thing with another person. Yeah, obviously it's <laughs> fake. Now, listen, I did, I did my part because my civic duty was to downvote that video, and I did. So I can sleep at night knowing I'll go to heaven. I feel like this is like my like second downvote I've ever given. Yeah. <laughs> so clearly they're using all these sleazy marketing techniques. However, I will say the video production, fantastic. Like beautiful, beautiful. Whoever's perpetrating this scam has a ton of money, and they're obviously skilled scammers. However, I had one more bone to pick in my brain. I already know that this guy, the eighth most influential whatever bullshit, this was essentially paid advertising. Uh, and I wanted to confirm that by going and investigating the author of this top 10 cryptocurrency influencers and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, this is an entrepreneur.com, right? Well, his name is Alex Belov, and it says contributor. When I click on his profile, this is the only story he's ever contributed. Okay, fine. Oh, my God. But he also linked his LinkedIn because, you know, everybody's got to connect their LinkedIn. And if we go to his LinkedIn, what is what is this guy's career? Well, at the top, it says right now he's the COO of Coins Telegram. We'll get into them a little bit. But before that, wait, wait, is that like, <laughs> wait, wait, is that like Instagram? From, uh... <laughs> it's Coins Telegram. <laughs> You remember when Cartman created Coonstagram? I don't know if that was in the show or if it was only in the game. But. I might have been in the game. I don't remember that. Yeah, I've uh, never heard of that. So, be- okay, but before that, before being the COO at Coins Telegram and writing amazing lists, what was he doing? Well, he was a PR director at Premier Group. Before that, he was the head of PR at Latoken. Before that, he was a PR consultant at Enpass. And before that, he was a PR director at AdJump. Actually, a lot of those are all at the same time. Anyway, the bottom line is clearly 100% this was a piece of advertisement masquerading as kind of information or entertainment. Uh, and even this guy's company that I just told you about, the Coins Telegram, that's just another scammy thing. It's pretending to be a news website, but if you go to it, uh, it's just, you know, it's garbage. And But it does tell you that there's a services website. So you go look at their services and imagine we can easily help you with building strategy for company, drafting your white paper, organic PR in top business tech and financial media, oh my including God. Forbes, Reuters, TechCrunch, The Guardian, Coindesk, Cointelegraph. Okay. So two stories here that I wanted to share with the audience about my experience this morning. Number one, Platincoin is a Russian scam that you should avoid like the plague. And number two, <laughs> it is unfortunate, man, but our media is 100% for sale. It's not just politics. It's everything. It's tech. It's cryptocurrency. I'm sure that if you want to go educate yourself on stocks or whatever, like it just kind of you literally have to be on guard at any point because whenever you go say, hey, oh, I like archery, top five bows and arrows uh, companies. Well, you know, that shit might have been written by the director of sales of company number three. You know what I mean? So that's just the reality yeah. of the world we live in. And you have to be skeptical at all times. Wow, Interesting act- to mention, he said he was part of LA Token. And I was trying to remember where I heard that. And I think that Koss bought 
LA token at some point. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not 100%, but I think that when they merged into COS, that LA token was one of the things that they purchased. And an update on that, they said three to four weeks that the service would be down. That was uh, over five weeks ago. The service is still down. So mm-hmm. so I looked up Platin Coin because I was curious, is it really all caps? Because it just was <laughs> in the article. I'm, I'm going through because, you know, I'm the DeFi. I'm, I'm the capital capitalization guy apparently now. Moving on from yeah, you Toronto moved on from just the <laughs> yeah. so capitalization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so yes, it is all capitalized. And That's then I looked at say it, Platin Coin. Yeah. yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa, Brent, do you work for them? Because that's exactly how they say it. <laughs> yes. So I looked up, and apparently it is on Coin Market Cap, and it does have a market cap of twenty three million and volume of ten Jesus. million in the past twenty four hours. But if you look at the chart on December like 18th or 2018, it goes from being at $5 to then it's at 14. Uh, it actually peaks at like 19. And then like the peak of it was like $28, 45 actually. And at one point it was at 33. And then the next day it went to $7 and it's just been slowly dead since. So. Yeah, I hope whoever got owned by that pump, that like big <laughs> dump, was. Uh, I hope they didn't get owned. Dude, like, just to give you fuck. Dude, just to give you an idea of how bad this. Is, no, it is sad because if you go look at the YouTube video, they do conferences, you know, and they're getting people excited. And you see, I mean, like they were interviewing a lady in Latin America, and she's like, "Oh, I'm so excited because I miss Bitcoin. So now I have a chance." And I'm like, "Oh no, you know, they're throwing her to the wolves. It's like a sacrificial lamb, poor thing." But just to give you an idea of how clueless, not just like how clueless they are, how sloppy it is, and who their target audience is. If you go to the product section of of Platincoin, first at the top it shows you all the tiers of their. Oh, uh, you know, the more money you spend, the more you make. Imagine that. But at the bottom, it has oh. it has like a thing called features. You know, like oh, you know, hashing algorithm check, uh, block type check, right? <laughs> and then and then they had like oh of course the the block type of check yeah, yeah block size you know check and then pre mining check like it's a good thing yeah but we have pre mining yeah, we pre mine yeah. our coin post mine mid mine we're mining you all the time <laughs> oh my god uh, so apparently the circulating supply is five million and uh, do you want to take a just to give a ballpark of what the total supply is. Oh, it's got to be wait, 21 wait. million. No, it's 600 oh. million. <laughs> wow. So less than 1% of the total supply is circulating. They also don't have a white paper, but they have a link to their technical white paper, which is one page long. Now it's actually two pages. <laughs> one is the intro page. Here, I'll, I, 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 you know. I'll put it right here so you guys can enjoy the most advanced and detailed uh, white paper of all time. It's, it's literally like, you know, when you buy uh, like when you buy a dryer or a TV, that little piece of paper where that has all the specs and they just kind of put it in your receipt or whatever, you know, like, so, you know, the voltage or something, it looks like that. It's just like five categories and it says, well, it's this one, uh, minting standard, <laughs> it's that, 
<laughs> it's just ridiculous. So total scam. Wow. Well, hey, but it supports scams, Mac. I do have a uh, I do have a mailbag question for us this week Ooh. that we can round the show out with. Uh, all our crypto content stops here, though. If you want to, if you want to end listening to, I'm interested. I'll take you to the mailbag shop. I feel you guys are going to surprise me on this one because I don't know. You mentioned it we before. We have a qu- question from the Z-Man. Oh, okay. Fantastic. All right. With Valentine's Day upon us, Oof. the basic bitches would like to hear about each host's worst or most entertaining dating stories from their past. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So... Yeah, we got to, and I know we all have a plethora of these to, to to speak of, and I think Adam's even told some of them on the show before. Uh, with I, what was the what, the anecdote that you gave on one show where I, I don't remember what that was, but we we had talked about the cringe before. But uh, while you guys are thinking about what you're gonna say, I only had one in the top of my mind for this, but I might come up with a second one, so I reserve the right to come back around to me after you guys have both given yours. But my first one is going to be my first ever date. I'm going to go all the way back to sixth grade or fifth grade, I think. Uh, Back in those days, we had to do these uh, skating rink days. And I decided that that would be a good first date uh, for for this girl that I had asked out via a written letter. I, I wrote her a letter that said, like, I really want to date you, yes or no. (laughs) <laughs> and and she had actually circled yes and <laughs> so so we oldest trick in the book yeah it's such it, a classic hey, trick it, everybody thinks it's a joke but got me my first date no <laughs> I I did that once for like a as like a grown up and it worked <laughs> <laughs> I was like I did it last week it's <laughs> this is listen this was the origination of Tinder right here basically I was just like you swiping left or right what do you, what we got come on and. So we we go to the to this to this thing, and I was so nervous that I forgot my rollerblades. Now you know it's a roller skating rink, but at the time rollerblades had come out, and I was pretty good on them. So I I was like, oh man, I forgot them, and I was like, well, whatever. They let you rent skates there, so I was like, how different can they be? So I rented them, and it was fine, uh, and everything was fine. So pretty quickly they put on the couple skate, right? And that's you know they put on like you know, the all for one song and you're, you're skating around. So on my first date, I'm holding this girl's hand, like interlocking fingers and we're doing this slow couple skate. Now, when I had been making the turn, uh, when you're kind of like in the, in the roller rink, you're going around in circles. You kind of have to like make a turn on the ends. Right. Uh, on rollerblades, you just cut a roller, uh, or rollerblades, you would take it a little bit differently. But what I was doing is I was sliding my right foot out, and, and kind of taking the turn around that way, using my left foot to do a pivot. And then I slid my right foot back in, and I was so focused on the fact that I was holding this girl's hand that I got sloppy with how that came in, and the wheels interlocked between the two skates. So, like, the front and the back wheel, the, the, uh, on the right, the front wheel got in between the front and the back wheel from the, from the left foot, and literally, like... Just like a scene out of a movie where it's super fast and then all of a sudden it just goes and I'm like in slow motion falling face first because I just interlocked two wheels and that doesn't work. Uh, I slam face first into the ground. I slide all the way into the wall and I'm like 
oh, all right. I get up and I act like it's no big deal. And then I like skate off of the, of the skating rink, bloody nose, whole nine yards. I completely ruin uh, my first date with the girl. She broke up with me the next week. Uh, you know, she said it wasn't because I fell on my face at the roller rink, but we all know the truth. <laughs> and then, um, you know, I, somebody, because my whole family, like all my cousins, and everything, all went to that same school. Uh, somebody told me she's been arrested like ten times for like possession of meth and all this stuff. Woo! So I guess I dodged. You dodged so you know, I dodged that massive bullet by <laughs> yeah, sucking that she couldn't get over nice. you. The guilt. Uh, that might have been it too. Yeah, you know what? That, that's probably it. I'm going to go with that explanation for the future. Uh, so I guess I had, uh, I wouldn't say this is a date, but I was at a music festival and I ended up like, like, uh, it's a camping festival. It's called dirty bird camp out. And we have like maybe 15 people in my, my group, you know, and it's day three. And I guess we all are getting drunk. And then the next door camp at some point they come over. And uh, this girl, we just start hitting it off. I, I honestly, I think her name was like Marion, but I, I don't know. I, I, uh, I it's the beautiful maid Marion. Uh, <laughs> and and we're vibing, and uh, so this is gonna get a little graphic because like uh, it just kind of <laughs> adds to the story. No, nothing like like sexual or anything, but so things are going great. Like we're she's into me, I'm into her, and then like the topic of like. Uh, ass eating comes up. <laughs> like, yeah, nothing as sexual it, as it will. Yeah, this is a family yeah. podcast, but continue. And and like she goes, ew, gross. And then like one of the guys in the camp just like goes, you don't do that. Get out. And just I'm like, what? Like this is ridiculous. Like so she just like gets like a ban from the camp, and I'm like, I don't even know what happened. Like I was like, like <laughs> thought it was a joke. Thought it was a joke. I don't even know. Maybe he was joking, but I think he was just very passionate about uh, this uh, topic, I guess. And I don't even know. So I have to like go after her and I like calm her down because she's like kind of upset. And like, I don't I, like I barely know her still. But like, I'm like to my friend, like, dude, what the hell? And he's like, I don't care. She doesn't do that. Like, get out of here. <laughs> okay, dude, you're an idiot. <laughs> and so... I go and like talk to her, whatever, and convince her like, no, he was just joking, blah, blah. And then she finally comes like, you know, like starts hanging out again. And uh, so we decide we're going to go to a, a, a show like from the, leave the campsite. And then uh, like with the entire crew, she's like, yeah, I just want to hang with you, come with you, whatever. So last night also. So I don't get to see these friends all the time. So, you know, like I want to hang with them, too, but like she can come and tag along. I like how he doesn't know that this is a date and she's like, I want to be with you and only you. (laughs) Two minutes. Well, it's not a date at a music festival, but two minutes into us walking, like we're we're past like group as a camp. She like steps inside of like a big hole and rolls her ankle and she can't walk. So then I have to you leave her there, obviously. Uh, I, she's like ah and like my, my friend friend's like about you. yeah my friend <laughs> <laughs> so my friends like like have to you know i'm not gonna make them wait 
you know, for her. They don't know her. She's like a random girl who roll who comes to the the group and rolls her ankle. It's the last night. They were all going to see like the like main uh, you know main event of like the the best DJs we came to see. This so was like, her ploy right. to get you alone. So I am now in this spot where like I guess I should just stay with her, even though I don't really know her that well. So I stay with her, and they all leave. And then I have to go to like the medical tent with her. And she's like, you can go, you can go. And I'm like, no, 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 I'll stay. Like, I don't even know. It just feels like wrong to leave this. Like the thing is, is that these festivals, it's not like you have a phone, you know, to text a friend or even service. So it's like, it would literally just be her in the medical tent and a rolled ankle. And I was like, all right, I'll stay. And then she did like after an hour, I guess it, it, the swelling went down. By the way, there was like some dude really freaking out on uh, like uh, LSD or something, <laughs> some sort of drug in there that would had to be like held down. So I'm just like watching all this. And then, yeah, eventually she was OK. She walked and she can't she continued with the crew. And then we hooked up that night. But I mean. Hey. Yeah, but it, so I guess it's not really like a bad date, but like it was definitely like a lot of stuff that was going on that was very unexpected. And, and this is, this was her ploy to get you alone. There's a reason she rolled her ankle. This was all like I need to get away from this ass eating monster because <laughs> I need to hook up with him before he has expectations of that occurring. <laughs> and I can see what was going on in her head. Their last ditch effort was the ankle roll. Looks like it worked out for both parties. And uh, do, do you still well. do, do you well. still talk to her, or was it just like a you know? Um, no, that was I guess it was just a one day thing, and uh, we never really like even got our contacts, and that was that. Wow. So uh, if you if you don't like eating ass and you rolled your ankle at a festival recently, reach out to cryptobasicpodcast at gmail dot com, and we. I think you really. You. I mean, I said it once. I feel like you just really like uh, like. Mm. The- <laughs> Do you not know Brent? Do you not yeah, know Brent? True. I are should not have opened up. That, I should not think? have. Should have never said something like this. I opened the gates. I apologize. Yeah. Uh, please edit this out. No, I'm Can't kidding. Can't get mad at a squirrel for being a squirrel. <laughs> that, that is so. Speaking of squirrels, Kareem, uh, what's your what's your? You guys kind of caught me off guard with this one. I don't. I don't. Uh, <laughs> and I was listening to your oh, stories. Oh, my dates have gone perfect. No, that's not what I mean at all. Maybe there's there's too many uh, errors or some. <laughs> I don't know if I want to discuss it. <laughs> so uh, I'll think if I'll think if there's a good one uh, to bring it to the next one. Oh, oh my god! Okay, 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 okay. Listen, oh, all right, fine. Uh, Adam, <laughs> Adam did remind me of <laughs> something that happened to me in college. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so i was sitting there eating ass and, uh, <laughs> no no no, Brent. no nothing like this my story starts with the end of his story so basically traveling um had a hookup it was cool we did exchange uh contacts and i didn't really just got back to the states turns out we both lived in tampa crazy so and we both went to usf crazy <laughs> so anyway next semester starts or whatever and one day, like, we hadn't really talked. And then um, I'm sitting in the library. I remember I was, like, super tired. I was doing a, a, a group project with uh, another two people. Super tired from my history class. I know I look like I'm probably wearing, like, like shorts and flip-flops. I look like that. And I'm having this super nerdy debate 
with this other guy in the group that I don't remember. I don't even remember what it was about or anything like that. But I just remember it was like really nerdy and really dorky. And I definitely looked like somebody who had been up for 48 hours. And it's like history too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's not like we're debating. Like we're debating some of the whatever. So anyway, that night I got a text message from her. And it said, hey, were you at the library last night? And I was like, yeah, what's up? And that was the last time I ever heard from her. She's like, wait, was that you? And I'm like, yeah, just like, oh, shit. But (laughs) wow. Wow. So that is a failed story there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. You must have done something really fucked up at the library. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, were you scratching your balls the whole time? No, no. But I don't think that anybody listening to that debate and looking at me would have found, would have thought to themselves like, oh, yeah, we got to hook up. <laughs> wow. Man. So, and you know what? Rather than tell another dating story, I'll, I'll give you just along Kareem's lines, a funny podcast story. So, so oh. I, I'm, I'm the host of another episode or another podcast called The Ancestral Mind. And... We interview people and we had this interview where me and Colin were interviewing. You interview a people? That is yep. wild. Not, not, do. not dogs Most or, of, or giraffes. Yes. Not yet. So, one of the people we interviewed, I, I think her name was Tara. I, I can't remember for sure. And it's, it's not really, a, it's kind of a date. Like you put, you put it on the calendar, you're going to have like a good vibe. Most of the time, you get on, get along with people great. Her answers were a little bit like kind of pulling teeth. It was a little bit weird. We're about eight minutes into the podcast. And she just goes, she's, she's in the middle of talking and she just goes, ah, oops, and then disappears from our recording software, right? So we're like, oh, she must have like clicked something wrong. That was the last that we heard from her. We what? tried calling her. We tried texting her. We tried emailing her. Everything never responded again in history. We have eight minutes of an episode with this person <laughs> <laughs> that just disappeared. That's awesome that she uh, said oops before leaving your life. <laughs> yeah. That does add a little bit to the mystery because if she just like takes off, you're like, oh, what was she doing? But exactly. She, We're like, is she kidnapped? Like, what happened to this person? And yeah, it's, it's like you're doing that thing where you're like, oh, oh signals dropping. Oh. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that was the, uh, that was the end of that. I mean, that's pretty amazing. That happened to my friend the other night. He just was like out with his girl. And then the girl just like said, go into the bathroom. And then she was gone. <laughs> okay. And then like he hasn't heard from her in days. <laughs> like she was going, she even said, girl or like a girl. She said, I'm going to the bathroom. Wait for me here. And then like it was like 30 minutes later and it was just not. She said, wait. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's a, quite it a mystery. A new thing. Or maybe all of these people have been kidnapped and we didn't look into it at all. Yeah, yeah I don't know. It could be. Yeah, who knows? But yeah. No, Wait, I'm pretty uh, sure my wasn't kidnapped. <laughs> boy, Z-Man, Z-Man really opened up a, a nice nice yeah, can yeah. of worms. And a little personal, but that way we don't have to remind everybody that we're not financial advisors. We're just dating advisors. If you want women to disappear from your life, just listen we to me, Frank, and Adam. We got you. This is every. All of us have had plenty of experience in this area. Seriously. Poof. Bye bye. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> all right. 
we do have to wrap things up, guys. So thank you for joining us this week. Had a lot of fun with these discussions. And of course, we'll be here next week to talk more cryptocurrency news. Guys, you want to say goodbye? Yeah. Oh, see you guys see later. You later. Uh, like and subscribe, Patreon, uh, do it all. Yeah.